You agree, okay. <laughs> I'd just like to welcome everyone who's joining us for our live stream today. This is just one part of our service here at Chelsea Community Church. If you'd like to be part of the whole thing via Zoom, drop us an email or just come on down and join us in person at Chelsea Community Church on Sundays at 11 a.m. We're really privileged to have with us here today our guest speaker, uh, Yaku Swart. I'll just turn it over to you, Yaku, take it away. That's the same to us visiting City Temple or now Chelsea Community Church. Is, um, it does feel like coming home in many ways. So thank you. Thanks for, for your support, your prayers over the years. Um, thank you for opening your, your ears and your hearts to us today. It's, um, it really is a joy and an honor um, to be back in London. Um, yeah, so we... I think we, we actually lived in this um, city temple building in 2004. We were part of the residential community. Um, as Rod said, we actually predate the woods to city temple. So I should welcome you, really. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, so God, God took us back to South Africa, where we're from. Um, and then shortly after that, he, he stirred our hearts for mission. And we, um, we joined YWAM, Youth with a Mission and primarily into Bible training. We were confronted with um, lack of solid Bible teaching in many of the rural churches, where people come to faith with enthusiasm um, through big crusades, but then often they are left a little bit on their own devices. And, and we know in church history what happens when, when people are left to interpret Scripture without guidance. It's, um, so yeah, we, we saw a lot of a lot of, I guess, the merge of African traditional religion and Christianity. And the core was lack of good Bible teaching. So, so we kind of, God kind of led us into Bible teaching, firstly in South Africa, um, then to Uganda, we're glad the flag's there, and then Norway, um, put a Norwegian flag there. Um, and yeah, for more than 10 years, we were involved with that. And, and what a joy to... to um, plant people in the Word of God before they go out into their ministries. And then um, about two years ago, mid-COVID, God moved us um, from Norway to England and from YWAM to OM, Operation Mobilization. So we, we moved country and mission movement all in the midst of COVID. So we ended up in Western Rhin, which is near Oswestry which is near, I guess, Liverpool is probably the place that you will recognize. <laughs> we, we are a mile from the border with Wales, so we're really, we're surrounded by sheep, um, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where OM has its um, UK head office, I guess, and, and I've been called into the leadership there. So very different roles, 
but also a huge privilege to, to be involved in, in all that God is doing. OM is, I guess our slogan is um, wanting to see vibrant communities of Jesus followers, like yourself, um, but among the least reached, um, in the least reached places. So places where people can get born, grow up, live a life, and die without ever having contact with a church or a Christian. Uh, we want to see communities of Jesus followers like this in their cultural setting, um, worshipping the same Lord that we are free to worship today. So that's, that's the bigger vision of OM. We also recognize that God has brought the least reach to us. Um, so we do have work in London among Turkish and um, Bangladeshi, um, many different nationalities. We, um, what opportunity to, to live in London and, and sharing the tube with the least reached. Um, please make use of that opportunity as you travel in this, in this city. So um, I brought little prayer cards. So if you're interested in praying for the nations, um, please take one after the service. Um, maybe one per family. And it's just a little bit of information so that you can pray with informed prayers for the least reached. And if you want to check out OM later on, that's good as well. Um, yeah, but we're not, we're not here to talk about me. We're not here to talk about OM. We want to hear what God has to say to us through his word today. So let's just, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active. And it's, it's that mirror that we can come to, to um, be, be trained, to be corrected, to be encouraged, um, for you to speak your love to each one of us. We do come to your word with expectation because we know the Holy Spirit is involved in this process. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to make hearts soft and ears open to what you want to say to each one of us. Amen. So we had, we had the privilege on Friday to, um, to visit the British Museum. I don't know, when last have you been to the British Museum? It is amazing. Um, but what made it so special was we had a, um, a pastor friend who took us through the museum, kind of showing us the, the biblical highlights that's in the British Museum. Because we do live in, a, in an age where there's a lot of questioning about, well, is scripture true? Can we depend on it? Is it just another made-up um, piece of fiction? Is it grounded in anything? And I think as you go through the British Museum, there's so many refer references to the Bible um, by the British Museum on their little information card. Um, it's a great place to go if you want to kind of build up your faith in Scripture again. Because the names you read in the Bible, you see in the British Museum. The, the declarations that were made in the Bible, you can physically see them in the British Museum. Um, a great place to have your faith kind of um, encouraged again. So I do rec recommend, if you haven't been there for a while, um, go. There's some, there's some, even in the bookstore, there's, there's a lot of 
biblical guides through the British Museum. So it's maybe the one place where the Bible is really in your face in a, in a government-run um, institution. So amazing. There's also something that I want to look at today that because I've been involved in Bible training, it kind of gets me excited. It's a little clue again that reminds us that the Bible is true. This isn't made-up fiction. These are real eyewitness accounts. So we're going to read about Mary and Martha. And um, I'm going to read three passages. And I want you to, to listen, and I know you know the stories, but I want you to listen with new ears today. Because afterwards, I want you to describe their personalities the person sitting next to you. So it's only a few verses I've captured in Scripture, but let's see what we can learn about Martha and Mary as we read. So our main passage is going to be in Luke, but we'll read a little bit in John as well. So two different Gospels. So I'll, I'll read, and you can listen, or you can follow. We're going to read in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with, distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Okay, that's the first reading. Then we'll jump to the Gospel of John, chapter 11, and I'll read verse 17 to 21. Okay, so we're trying to learn a little bit about Martha and Mary here. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. And then there's a little bit of an interaction between her and Jesus. And we jump, jump ahead to 28. When she had said this, Martha, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, Mary, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her, Mary, in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then the last passage is in... Um, oh, where's my last passage? 
in chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 of John. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Mary and Martha. And so just a few verses. Turn to your neighbor and kind of, if you had to summarize Martha and if you had to summarize Mary, um, what kind of words would you use? So just take a few minutes, turn to your neighbor. How would you describe these two ladies? go to the next slide while people are talking. Okay, 30 seconds. So, so Martha, who, who wants to describe Martha for us? Who's brave? Okay, practical, hospitable, perfectionist. Yeah. Demanding. Yeah. Twice she demands things from Jesus. Mary, on the other hand. Curious, yeah, wants to listen and learn. Devotion, yeah, so these, these three calm and trusting. So, two sisters, very different. So, we have five children, and we know siblings are very different. <laughs> and, uh, and we see this very clearly in this passage. There's um, Martha, e every time we see her, um, she's active. And, and she's quite willing to, to confront Jesus. Um, yeah, very bold, confident personality, ready to get things done. And Mary, um, well, there's seven Marys in the New Testament, so we'll refer to as Mary of Bethany. Um, interesting enough, for many in the early church history, Mary of Bethany and Mary Magdalene were seen as the same person. But then the scholars kind of decided, no, they were probably... There's enough differences in the storyline that it was two different people. But I'll leave that to you for Sunday afternoon Bible investigation to go and explore Mary of Bethany and Mary Magdalene. Anyway, we have these two sisters 
And then Lazarus. What do we know about Lazarus? Not much. Um, apart from that, he died and he, was, was, he had a pretty cool story, but we don't learn much about his personality. But we do read in John 11, verse 5, that, Jesus, that it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yeah, as different as they were, Jesus loved all three of them. That's a bit of a relief for those of us who think we're a little bit stranger than the rest. Is Jesus loved all three of them. Um, yeah, three different. So quite often we look at this passage, especially the first one about Martha and Mary, and we go, well, why is this in the Bible? Is this, is this teaching us to become passive? Is this teaching us to be more Mary and less Martha? Um, what do we take out of this passage? What, what do we learn from this? So being good Bible scholars, we, we want to look in context. So we know we're in the Gospel of Luke. And the Gospel of Luke is a lot about doing. It, it's Christianity in action. So, so I don't think... And then the passage just before is the Good Samaritan. And we all know the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus ends that story in saying, now go and do likewise. So I don't think when we all of a sudden encounter this passage, Jesus is talking passive Christianity. That all he wants is a church that, that pray and worship and not hands and feet of Christ. But I do think it brings a balance in the midst of a lot of activity. Um, there's also space for quietness and reflection. And we're going to look a little bit at that um, as we go through. There's three points. I, I'm glad we, last night I read the email that was sent out and it said you're in a season of, what's the word you use? Hot? Hodgepodge. Hodgepodge, which I presume is American, I don't know, is it? <laughs> <laughs> which I presume is just random thoughts. Um, Holy Spirit led random thoughts. So I've got three random thoughts out of this passage for you today. So listen and, and allow the Spirit to, what applies to you applies to you. We have the next slide, please. Okay, so, so Bethany, sorry. Yeah, we can go to the hospitality one. Thank you. Good. So the first point I, that stood out for me is Martha's heart for hospitality. In two other passages, we see her, she's hosting. She's inviting Jesus into her house. Um, she has a little bit of a celebration for Lazarus, again with Jesus. She opens her house to people. And she practiced hospitality. So I said, we, we arrived mid-pandemic in England. Um, so we, we first had to quarantine for two weeks, I think, in those days. And then there was a general lockdown. And it kind of took us eight months to, before we met more than three of my colleagues. Um, we, we landed in a season where hospitality wasn't really possible. And... Um, and I think we all got used to that a little bit. It's the lack of hospitality. Maybe we unlearn how to be hospitable. Um, so, so it really struck me, reading this passage, is opening our doors to other people and how difficult that has become. But yet we see throughout Scripture that hospitality is a virtue that, that God encourages us to do often. So I just want to, want to read 
I think 1 Peter 4, verse 9 and 10 is on the board. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Um, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And then obviously that the passage in Hebrews 13 about hospitality. Let brotherly love continues. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, um, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Maybe a reference to Abraham. Um, but throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, we are encouraged to show hospitality. And not just to those we like. It's easy to love those who love us. But to open our doors to strangers. Um, so maybe a, a big challenge to myself and us as a family, but maybe to each one of us, is can we relearn to show hospitality after a COVID pandemic and a lockdown after lockdown after lockdown? Um, I know in English culture, people take you to the pub. <laughs> um, let's open our doors. Let's invite people into our houses. I think that the one thing that Martha missed in showing hospitality was actually showing respect to her guests. Um, she was so busy that, yes, she had Jesus in her house, but was she actually listening to him? Was she actually showing time to him? Quite often we invite people, well, when we do invite people, and we, we have the TV on in the, in the background. And we get distracted. And I think this is what happened to Martha. She got distracted by many things. And she didn't show that honor to her guests. Or we have our phones out and we, we, we're hosting people, but we're not really hosting them. Let's show that respect to one another. Let's learn from one another. Let's engage with one another as we show hospitality. I think that's the one thing that Martha missed that time when she had Jesus in her house. So that's the one random point. Hodgepodge, but hot. <laughs> hospitality. How are you doing with hospitality? Who is God putting on your heart? And really should have them over. Because yeah, that's how we build vibrant communities of Jesus followers. So hospitality is a good word there in the corner. If, you, if you're writing words. The second one Next slide, thank you. Is, is Martha... Let's go back to, to Luke. Martha goes to Jesus um, and she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Basically, tell her to be like me. So I don't know, in 1992, a, a book was published um, called The Five Love Languages. Has anybody read that book? Yeah, The Five Love, by Gary Chapman. Um, and now you get the five lang love languages for children, and the five love languages for students, and the five love languages for, you know, they've 
But, but the bottom message is still the same. Is as God has made us amazingly, and we experience love differently. And, and for those who, who hasn't read it, um, next slide, thank you. I think, yeah. Is, if you can see that, Ga Gary kind of says broadly, there's five ways we receive and express love to other people. So, so love your neighbour, but how? Um, and he said the one is quality time. That's a little bit. Have a guest in your house and actually listen to them. And you spend time. You give your time to another person. And that's how people give and receive love. The second one is touching. You know, those people who always run up and hug you or, or hit you on the back. or There's always some physical contact when you see them. And again, we've kind of unlearned that during the pandemic. But that is how some people receive love. A hug, a pat on the back. Tell them you are engaging with them on a different level. The third one is gifts. Okay, I think we all have a little bit of that come Christmas and our birthdays. But some people, they give you things because they love you. Little gift, big gift. That's how they express their love towards you. The fourth is words of affirmation. Um, they compliment you. They encourage you. Um, yeah, they, they speak, talk you up. You feel great once you've been in their company. And the fourth one, a fifth one is acts of service. For those people, my mum was acts of service. She was always doing things for us. She loved doing things. But the key point of his book is just because you express love differently does not mean you do not love. Just because you express it differently does not mean you, you do not love. So maybe there we have Martha. So who, what do you think, what love language does Martha have? Acts of service, absolutely. She is fully engaged in, in <coughs> presenting this wonderful meal. Um, and there's her sister, Mary. What's her love language? Quality time. She's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, being fully engaged by him. And Martha goes, can we go back to the previous slide? And Martha goes, hold on, Mary is not expressing love as I am, so I want Mary to be like me. And she's asking Jesus to tell Mary to be more like Martha. And this made me think, the way we worship God differs. Okay, some of us enjoy just spending time with him in nature, some of us in a prayer closet, some of us worship him out loud. We worship God, we express our love towards God in different ways. Um, quite often, in our household, our kids would be listening to some terrible noise. And I would be storming down into the room saying, what's that noise? Turn it down. Because it's some rap or some heavy metal or something, I don't know, some genre that I've not heard of before. And I say, it's actually worship music you're listening to. Like, can we just turn it softer then at least? It's, I want them to listen to Hillsong like I do. I want them to worship God like I do. Um, can we have next slide, please? And the next one. Yeah. So Romans 14. Romans, the whole gospel, the whole epistle of Romans deal about people worshiping God differently of different backgrounds. And Paul writes and reminds us, 
Romans 14, verse 12. One of the many verses. This is not the verse I want. We can go start at 10. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess it to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And we are very quick to pass judgment on one another when we look and we sound and we do differently than ourselves. And I think that was part of what really bothered Martha that day was, I'm serving, and through my servanthood, I am showing love to Jesus. Mary's just sitting there. How can she not love Jesus? Because Martha doesn't really understand Mary's way of worshiping. Let's not be the roadblock to one another. And and I I, I love what is happening in the building, and and Karen showed us a little bit downstairs about art ministry, and, and, and the different ways of expressing God's kingdom to Let's not be like Martha, who wanted Mary to be like Martha in our worship. Let's, let's make space for one another as we worship God in, in spirit and in truth. That can look different, that can sound different. And let's not pass judgment on one another. So that's the second random point. I don't want to use the word random, because I do believe God is speaking. So don't be a roadblock to others as we worship. Let's not be my way or the highway of one another. And the the third point um, is Jesus' words back to Martha. So back in Luke. Jesus turns to Martha and he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I don't think Jesus was upset with Martha for preparing the meal. I think maybe Jesus was quite thankful that it was going to be a nice meal that evening. Um, It was what came with that. With preparing, there came anxiety and troubles. Um, Martha's heart was not at peace as she was serving um, Jesus. So the, so the root picture of that word anxiety is, is a little ship, a little bit like that one, being tossed around by waves and winds. So now it's going this direction, the next moment it's going that direction. And I think we all um, have the risk of becoming like that as we are bombarded by news, international news, war, and economic down, downward spiral, spirals. Or maybe news in our own family of sickness, or somebody looking for work and they can't get employment. Or maybe in our own lives, um, we get these waves and waves of, of troubles of this world. And if we don't, if we don't take them capture, they just become wave after wave, and, and we we're not getting control of the situation. And we become a little bit like Martha, who was anxious and troubled by many things. 
many things. But we know in Philippians, next slide please, Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7, and we are told, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, okay, every time we, we look at the news and we see the war in the Ukraine, or, or whatever situation is causing anxiety, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And when those waves start to get a little bit high and the wind's strong, that little boat of your mind starts to be thrown around, stop and pray and bring it back to God. Why? Verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. It will become like a little harbor to our, our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Maybe God is putting your name in Martha's place today. You are anxious and troubled about many things. Yes, we live in a very broken world and life happens to each one of us. But let's, let's follow the, the advice that Paul writes in, in Philippians 4 verse 7, 6 and 7. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And there's an old saying that says, sometimes God calms the storm, sometimes God calms the, the sailor in the storm. Either way, our source of peace is God. Sometimes God will bring an outcome to the situation that's causing anxiety. Sometimes God will just give you the peace that you need to go through that anxiety. One commentary um, on this passage wrote, and he said, how would Martha have remembered that night? Would she have remembered the absolute perfectly prepared meal, the beautiful table decorations, the oil lamps burning just right? Or would she remember it as a missed opportunity to learn from Jesus? How would she have remembered that, that night? The Gospel of Luke calls us to action. Okay, we, we are um, called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Okay, to do, to, to care, to feed, to encourage, to reach out, to love. Okay, we can get very busy in ministry. Uh, I'm sure you can agree. <laughs> Very easily, we, we can become very, very busy in, in doing good things, in doing God things for our community. Um, and I think maybe this little passage of Martha and Mary is, is included in the Gospel of Luke, following the Good Samaritan, encouraging us to go and do likewise. 
I think from time to time, we have these opportunities um, to just become quiet and sit and enjoy the teaching of Jesus. I presume each one of us has a Bible. We live in a country where we are free to read the Bible in parts next to the river in your house. Every day we have that Martha opportunity. Are we going to join Mary and listen and be taught by Jesus through his word? Or are we just going to carry on being busy, even, though, even if it's good things that we're busy with? How are we going to remember days spent being busy, feeling we're drifting further and further away from God in our relationship with him? Are we going to remember the good things we did, the food packages we packed, the Bibles we distributed, the pamphlets we handed out? Are we going to reflect and sometimes think, what a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. I think this passage is included to, to call us to balance in our lives us to action, but then also in our Christian walk, in our Christian walk with him, to have those moments where we just sit at the feet of Jesus and enjoy him where he is, through his word and through this voice. Next slide, please. Amazing. So, so for the martyrs, we can all become a little bit like Mary. Lord, I want to be like Mary today. But can you invite Martha over to my house? Let's be very thankful for the Marthas <laughs> that we have serving in this church and in our community. But let's also make space for them to sometimes just have a break and enjoy Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this community. Thank you for all the gifts and talents that's in this <coughs> these vibrant community of Jesus followers. And Lord, I do pray that there will be tolerance among one another, Lord, that we will appreciate the way different ones worship and express love towards you. Lord, just help us to, to make that space for each other. Lord, I pray that you will teach us again how to be hospitable to loved ones and strangers alike. Lord. Teach us again how to open our doors and set an extra plate at our dinner table. And Lord, in the busyness of life, in the, even in the busyness of serving you, Lord, help us to, to make space, to just sit at your feet, to listen, and to learn.